The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Hey guys, 2.27 and 31 seconds Pacific time, Vegas, Friday. The show starts, our national show, in 32 minutes, and I'm here doing a pod with Steve Fezzik. Brad's looking around trying to find some college winners. He might jump in. Here's what we're going to do. We aren't exactly sure exactly who we're going to have, but we know we're going to talk through quickly, about 20 minutes or so, exactly how we're thinking about every game. So this will be almost like the calls Fez and I have every day, or I'm sorry, every week when we're deciding these picks. So let's get to it quickly. Showtime! And as we said on Saturday on my Twitter, at RJ in Vegas, we will put out our five. So you're going to know the five by the time this is even out. This is the way we're thinking about these games. And I think it will be quite insightful because, Fez, I can make the case personally, I've probably put triple the time in this week. No question. You have actually educated me (laughs) across the board on a lot of these games, RJ. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you're just saying on certain games. Yes. I thought just in general, you're going to say it. No, especially with the injury updates. He goes, goes, no. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) He goes, nah, no way. Thanks for enlightening me on this particular subject, RJ. All right, let's do it. Titans, Redskins. I tell you, Fez, this is on my top five right now. Market's 10 and a half. It's nine and a half. Now everyone's going to say, uh, oh, it's a low total in a big spread since 19 or since 2010. All right. So eight years ago, there's been nine games with a double digit favor and a total 37 and a half or less. The favorites eight and one against the spread. I was unaware. And I mean, if you think about it, 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 it it's what I was thinking last week, which is the Sharps are going to like not want to bet that favorite. So it's naturally going to get deflated. You see what I, I think there still can be a correlation, but just the idea that the points are more valuable. Well, everybody knows the points or anyone that's moving the line knows the points are more valuable. Thus, they're only going to, they're going to lay less than they typically would. Yeah. Your knee jerk reaction when you see a 10 and a 37 is, oh, that's such a low total. I want to look towards the dog. So the fact that the marketplace is betting the favorite is telling. Yeah. And, and again, if we go through 10, we're looking at almost 20 cents of value, right? I mean, it's moving towards 10 and a half flat. Yeah. Just 10 lands. It's almost as important as the seven in the NFL, critically important number. So, Make the case against it, other than that old wise tale about the the low total. Josh Johnson, QBR, last two weeks, well above average. Okay, two weeks, because he did replace. Okay, that's interesting. All right, go ahead. But but part of that was only a quarter, and they did trail in that game 40 to nothing against the Giants. So you got to put an asterisk by that great performance. My one concern is here's a guy that's been out of the league. So while everyone else is doing Christmas planning, holiday planning, Josh Johnson is trying to build well, a resume. So we're guessing the Titans aren't taking this game seriously? Oh, they're absolutely taking so it So who's seriously. doing the holiday shopping? So every, everyone else that's playing for the Redskins. Okay, well, all the better. <laughs> But remember, the Redskins are still, if they win out, I think they have, 
it was over 30%, I remember, if yes, they went out. Yes, I think it's still questionable motivation. They know that they're not a playoff caliber team, even well, if they does make... That so if, but that's the thing. Making the playoffs is something you can point to. I mean, when Bill Belichick got fired, it was like he made one playoffs in five years for the Browns. People don't remember exactly what happened. I can promise you the Steelers' fifth Super Bowl, it might be a few old Seattle fans that are still crying about some holding calls. No one remembers. It's a good point. And the Bills are still celebrating making the playoffs. Well, at least it's still on the resume. Yes. So 538 has Washington 75% chance if they went out to make the playoffs. So, I mean, that's, I I don't think we have questionable motivation with the skins. That said, I'm just letting, in this case, I don't have any reason to like one side or the other. And thus, if we're getting 20 cents of value, it's probably going to be one of the five picks. Yes, and I've always assessed that the Titans are undervalued because of their horrible quarterback player in the year with Gabbert and an injured Mariota. By the way, guys, I'm going to do something special. We've never done this before. I'm going to put up Fez's two weeks of the, the NFL, just the NFL, okay? So you're going to get week 16 and week 17, and it's going to be up for 99 bucks. Remember, he has an early release, a late release, etc., but I'm going to give you guys $20 off because we're doing so much work here. Faz, I know you got more totals than usual this week. Yep. Locked and loaded. They're up. And you're going to have your late sides because we're giving you right now our picks off of the schedule or I'm sorry, the current line versus the super contest. Obviously come Sunday morning, the market price is what matters. Absolutely. So you're going to get Fez's very best bets with his triple time 20 bucks off. And next week when we're obviously going to put probably more time in, at least I will be. So Fez will be opening presents and such. $20 off. Here's the coupon code Fez Gold. Yep. Super Contest Gold. F E Z Z. Two Z's. Two Z's. F E Z Z G O L D. $20 off. And that's going to be good through Sunday only. Yeah. If there's ever, I mean, listen, you know, I don't pitch many packages here we are locked and loaded take advantage get the very best stuff the totals the props etc fez gold 20 bucks off okay next game chargers ravens i gotta be honest i all week i thought i was gonna be on the chargers as i keep looking at this one it's four and a half and the market's moving towards three and a half hate to lay minus four and a half in the contest when we could straight bet at minus three and a half right And I've gone back and forth. I mean, on one hand, the Chargers run defense against quarterbacks is average. On the other hand, and I haven't really talked this all the way through, but someone gave me something. I trust this guy against QB runs. The Chargers are the worst when it comes to success rate, which is a different concept. Uh, I, you know, you look at the six days of rest and all that stuff versus uh, nine days of rest for Kansas city. It's a Saturday game. You know what else freaks me out about this game is a guy like Mike Lombardi who understands X's and O's picked the Ravens. And I listen to his analysis and sometimes I, I completely, it's to me, it's not worth much in some cases and other cases he says stuff like, like, okay, that's what he understands that I don't. If he disagrees with me on something I understand, I'm that's what betting is. But when he's helping me see things that others or that I don't typically. 
So, Fez, I mean, which way? Where, I know I've been pushing the Chargers, and you've been kind of okay with it. Where's your hat at on this game? You know, I'm still looking at the Chargers. The I can't get past the fact. I mean, dude, it's it's Friday afternoon. They're still looking is not a good answer. It, fair enough. I, I'm going to bet the Chargers because. So, you're going to bet the Chargers? I'm going to bet the Chargers. I look at the defense Lamar Jackson has faced. Cincinnati, Oakland, Atlanta, yeah. Kansas City, Tampa Bay, just bad defenses across the board. I think the rookie quarterback finally struggles on the road in what may be a the biggest home field advantage for the Chargers this year. Yeah, because I think because of Saturday game, holiday weekend, I agree with that. Cowboys, Bucks, I think this game's borderline unbettable. On one hand, that, I mean, I want to play Tampa. That's my friend. I don't want to play Dallas. I know that, right? But, and I mean, if you look at Jason Garrett, 17 and 32 against the spread as a home favorite, just not his spot. Um, but Tampa's home road splits are just so, it's so hard for this Tampa team to do well on the road. So now it's like, okay, like if you have a clear reason you can't bet each side, save your time. Agree. Right? Let's pass. Bills, Patriots, same thing here. I can't possibly bet against Belichick off a loss. I just, it's, it's literally, it's literally, uh, 72%. Now, what's interesting is in those games when the spread off a loss is a TD or more, this is all the way back to 2003, eight and 10, one push against the spread. Spread less than a touchdown, 30 and five. So Belichick off a loss, not laying a touchdown or more since 2003, 30 winners against the spread, five losses. Including last week. It, they actually lost two in a row. It was 30 and Ooh. three. Wow. <laughs> now you could say, well, what's changing? On the other hand, you look at the bills, uh, or I'm sorry, I don't want to lay this lumber. Uh, and to me, especially with the Josh Gordon stuff, I think they're just going to be like super focused, grinded out. And maybe they do win by two touchdowns or more. I'm just don't want to lay. And New England stole a cover laying double digits against Buffalo with a late pick six already. Yeah, I remember that one. I had someone, a guy I was batting had the other side on a, on a radio show in ESPN New York. So <laughs> he, he, he felt comfortable with it. Okay, this one's easy. This is a numbers play. We're playing the Panthers. Absolutely. Panthers. We're um, getting about 20 cents of value, three and a half versus three. And I like the Panthers plus three, frankly. So if I like them plus three, it's a no-brainer to take them plus three and a half in the contest. And you've got the quarterback. What's that fellow's name? Heineke. Heineke. Yeah, Heineken, Heineke. Heineke. And I'm not sure it's even a significant downgrade that 60% Cam Newton being out versus a 100% Heineke. No, I agree. And plus, I think it, no, it's a clear downgrade. It's just, is it three points? Is it four? I don't think it's seven. It's not seven. From a hobbled Cam. Exactly. And I'm hearing beat writer type stuff, so it's not inside stuff, that they're actually pretty optimistic about Heineke. Look good in preseason. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, we actually had the the pass rating this year was quite good. Jags, Dolphins, boy, I'm against the world here, Fez. I like the Dolphins. Dolphins, DVOA offense at home, number eight. On the road, number 28. So 20 slots worse on the road, 20 slots better at home. Dolphins offense. Jags defense at home, three, third best, on the road, 18. So it's it, it, two teams that the home road really matters. And the line of four pretty much says, oh, yeah, Miami's just a smidge better. I think if Jacksonville plays 100%, maybe. I think there's a 30 40% chance that Jacksonville. Now, I was actually looking at some of the snap counts. Jacksonville was starting to pull starters 
in the third quarter of that Washington game, even when they were competitive. So it feels like they're getting ready for next year already. And Kessler in this offense, three starts, one offensive TD. Now that's offensive. Very much so. And I want to bet against <laughs> Jacksonville. The only problem is Miami, seven and seven, six of their seven losses, but been by 10 or more points, all of their wins. One possession but, 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 win. But see, that's the thing. That That's a directional point. Oh, Miami's overrated. Well, if we just looked at the record, Miami would be favored by six and a half here. So what you're saying is, oh, this line should only be four or three and a half. Okay, well, that's, that's what it is. That's why the line is so low. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it feels like that. I mean, do you really think the Jags are a better team? No. Okay, Miami's so then, the better then they're team. not overrated. And then the question is, Miami's been great at home this year. Historically, yeah. they haven't been. No, but they have been with Gase and Tannehill. Good point. You've got that stat, don't you? Yeah, Brent? nine straight wins with, with Tannehill on their center. I tell you, I know we're bucking a lot of money here. This might be a surprise because we're going to need a fifth pick or not. Colts, Giants, ah, I tell you, this is one... I, I like the Colts, but I'm with Freddie Fanny Pack. So I can't, I, it's one of those things. The public is sometimes right. And, but because the public's on it, we're laying nine and a half instead of maybe eight. I know those numbers don't matter, but to me, I think the Colts are the right side. They're just too expensive. Thus, it's probably lines about right. Agreed. And I can't get past the point, the fact that we could have laid six on the look ahead line one week ago. All right, so the Colts were saying, and that goes to show you, and again, talk about extreme results. That's a great contextual use of the look-ahead line because Giants looked horrible. Colts looked great. Giants got shut out. Colts dealt the shutout. Exactly. Eagles-Texans. Now, Fez, I'm saving you a loss here. Your first thought was the Texans. Make your case quickly. Yeah, Houston is a top 10 team. The Eagles, when Carson Wentz was a quarterback, they were a, be- a slightly below average team. In what world, having Foles quarterback them, can they possibly be a clear favorite over Houston here? Okay. Here's the thing, though. It's all about matchups. Lombardi says bad lines travel poorly. Why? Because you don't have the advantage of the snap count on offense, and now it's mono e mono, and that's a problem for bad offensive lines. Philly's strength on defense is certainly their D-line. If you look at pro football focus, Houston's O-line versus the Eagles pass rush, pass rush, second worst matchup of the week for the offense of any team. Houston's O-line versus Eagles rush defense, worst matchup of the week. (laughs) So this is an all time, you know, one of the five D-line O-line mismatches of the year. If Houston were home, I'd be comfortable with that still on the road with the dog masks, masks going. Now here's the thing, the market, Right now is one and a half. So if you want to press the button, Fez, we can do a quick th- three bills on it. There we go. You want to get in it, Brad? No. Well, you're making a mistake. You could be with me. Anytime you can be with me, just say, that's for either side. Hmm. Vikings, Lions. Fez, I think this is probably a play, but there's one thing driving it for me. Snacks Harrison. I love his name. Snacks is... I think probably 40% to play is the sense I'm getting right now. The Detroit run stopper that they got from the Giants. Now they actually, even a couple weeks ago, they have a new, a younger player, Robinson. He gets a 90 on pro football focus. Snacks gets a 92. And there's a fellow named Hand, H-A-N-D, got an 87. Well, Hand's out for the season. And Snacks, if he doesn't play, it means one of their three good interior defenders 
for the Lions is there, two are gone. That with Miami post Filippo trying to run, run, run is huge, huge to me. If Snacks is there, still going to be less than 100% because that's why he's not practicing. I think it might be a fourth or fifth pick still because we're getting five and a half and the market's moving towards six and a half. But if Snacks doesn't play and you find that out Sunday, ooh, I love, love, love Minnesota. Very logical. Agreed. And also I like the under because Minnesota, I think, is going to ground and pound just like they did against Miami. The clock will be ticking. You know, that's interesting because if you actually look at if you actually look, let me think about this. No, no, that I, I was going to say Minnesota is actually much better on offense on the road this year and lines are much better on the road too. So that's all advantage Minnesota. That wouldn't be anything that affected the total. I misthought there for a second. Okay. Jets Packers. I think we're playing the number here. And again, this is in the mix two and a half markets. Looks like it's moving to three. We're going to watch the news. Obviously if, Aaron Rodgers decides not to play. That's a different story. It's a huge different story. But to me, there's a couple things. One, we were asking on straight out of Vegas, why wouldn't Rodgers, why would Rodgers play? And now I saw a quote. And this quote, this is what Rodgers said. And by the way, here's the contextual, to use that word again, reality. This is the eighth road game for Green Bay. They are 0-7. They'd be the first winless season on the road since 1958. And that sounds like something someone's got too much time on Twitter tweets out, right? This is what Aaron Rodgers said, quote, I think it's important for us to not be a statistic next to the 58 Packers. Mm. So if he's telling us why he's playing. And even if it's not the exact reason, he's putting a stake in the ground saying this game matters to me. You look at the Jets, Jets have their best wide receiver out uh, Quincy... And Awa, I think. Yeah, Is that right? Pretty good. Yep. I got lucky there. Um, and Crowell running back out. So the best receiver, best running back. And here's the key. Brandon Shaw, who was by far the Jets' best lineman, out late last week, backed up by a fellow who has a pro football focus score of 29, which is about as low as it goes. So you took your best lineman, now your worst lineman. And the backup hasn't had a snap the whole year. So one tackle goes down. It's a disaster. Packers minus two. And I wouldn't lay three, but you had the number in with motivation, with some injuries. I think the Jets don't, uh, the public's not going to really react to value. And with an extremely tough week trying to find five good plays, I think this one's a slam dunk. I don't know if it's tough. I It's weird. I don't love hardly any plays, but I like like eight or nine. So we're going to be able to winnow down. Browns, Bengals. I tell you, some sharp people I respect like the Bengals here. One thing, I can't play the Browns. It's just, it's pricey. One thing, though, makes me where I can't play the Bengals, which is Tyler Boyd today on Friday announced out. Now, you might say, who cares? Last playmaker. So they've gone from one playmaker to zero, the Bengals. And Boyd has really developed as a wide receiver. He's gone from a number two wide receiver, questionable, to a really strong number two, and obviously A.J. Green out as well. Rams, Cardinals, lines 14 and a half, market, which means we'd have to play the Rams because it's 14. We're not going to play the Rams, right? I mean, this is a team that's not covering. Do we? Here's the question, though, for the listeners. Do you think McVay's main motivation is to get Goff off the snide? Or do you think his main motivation is to get the win and rest Gurley? 
I think it's going to be get the win and rest early, which makes me lean Arizona because I think it's all about mindset. I do as well, but it's possible that he wants Goff to get his mojo back. So that's that's the risk. But, but can he get his mojo back without Gurley? Because, I mean, the whole thing's been the lack of play action being a, a true threat has has been part of the main part of golf's problems by most accounts. Yeah, and I think it's more likely he wants a, a clean game without turnovers, which means a workmanlike 10-point win for the Rams. Every week, if you would have said top five depleted O-lines, Arizona would have been on that list probably for a long while. This week, though, is the worst. They've lost even more players. So Rosen was benched in the fourth quarter last week. What does that do to your psyche? If you, I mean, now you're going to start him again? Especially when Glennon comes in and looks like Joe Montana in the fourth quarter. 49ers, Bears, all the duct tape shoe guys on the 49ers. Fez, you were until I saved you. <laughs> yeah, you made a compelling case. Just look at the last three games right for the 49ers. Two weeks ago, they're getting plus four points at home against Denver, a below average team. Last week, the 49ers are getting four points hosting Seattle, a wild card playoff team. Now. They're hosting the number five or number six team in the NFL, the Bears. How many points are they getting? Six, seven? No, they're getting four points again. So you could make the estimate about a five-point upgrade on the 49ers in 14 days. Big upgrade. Too much. Probably so. But if you want to press the button and stick with your original duct tape shoot. No, let's move on. Uh huh. Okay. Uh, St. Steelers. I tell you this. I was looking at the Steelers, looking at the Steelers. One, I do think there's a correlation with the Ravens game. If Ravens win, I like the Steelers even more because Pittsburgh is getting to be a must win in that spot. But here's what got me why I'm not playing Pittsburgh under any case. What's been the narrative, Fez, about the Saints offense? That they've struggled because of Drew Brees getting older and... Or whatever, they're struggling. Yes, they're struggling and, and O-line problems. At home, the Saints last four games have scored the following. Most recent game first, 31, 48, 45, 43. The last three games have all been on the road. Now, maybe that's a fluke and they just have real problems anyway, but we know the Saints don't typically travel great. I'm still open-minded that it's a combination of these things that uh, that are more of a negative on the road. Yeah, it's a great point. And Armstead and Unger, the two linemen that were injured, looks like both are going to play. All right, Chiefs, Seahawks. Faz, I saved you again. Make your case for uh, the Seahawks. And again, if you want to buck back on that, you can press the button. The 12th mm-hmm. man, the home field advantage, four points. They've been such a great home dog over the years, 11-1-1 against the spread. Um, a lot to like based upon history there. Uh, maybe. But, and by the way, I'll press the button, and then you can choose if you want to. I like Kansas City. No, not a ton, but I know Vig and, you know, to win against Faz is worth it. Here's what I know. Cluster injuries. We talk about it all the time. This is something I probably would have missed. This is where the extra time matters. So Seattle had a pretty good safety they lost early in the year. Remember him, Faz? Yes. What's his name? Uh, Earl Thomas. Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> the mad professor, Fez. All right, so Earl Thomas. Then their second and third safety actually played quite well. And uh, McDonald, I'm not sure you pronounce it exactly like that, but it looks like it. And Thompson. Okay, now McDonald is doubtful. So, yeah, 15% chance he could play, but okay. Thompson out. He's already declared out. It's Friday. So now you're going literally to a backup named Hill 
and another bat and Hill has a 56 on pro football focus, which is not good. And then another backup Lunia, it looks like 10 snaps on the season. So literally your, your starting safeties are going to be well below average and pretty much a practice squad guy against Kansas city. And the other Hill Tyreek Hill and Kelsey. And that's the thing. Seattle has been the eighth best defender of tight ends, but the driver of that's been McDonald. So I'll decline your offer to, mm-hmm. to bet on this one. And also some O-line problems. Um, I saw this late and I didn't read the whole thing, but Fluker guard out for Seattle also. And their backup, Fluker's not great, but the backup Simmons is out for the year. So now they've got a guy named spelled P-O-C-I-C. He has a 51 on pro football focus. Did the numbers go that low? It, well, some go like the 30, <laughs> but I mean, it's bad. Last game, Monday Night Football, to me, the line's two and a half, so we can only play the Broncos. I think the Raiders' last home game in Oakland, most likely, and additionally, the fact that um, the Raiders had no Pro Bowl or uh, yeah, Pro Bowl players. I think this is a good spot for Gruden to get motivated for the team. So I can't play Denver. The one thing I'll say is the center for the Raiders is the only Hudson is the only good lineman left. He actually has been on the injury report. I think he's 90% to play, but the backup center, zero snaps. So come game day, and remember, the Raiders had a guard, their, their best guard, Jackson's out for the season. So they literally would have their probably two best linemen out if Hudson's out. So we won't know that probably for the Super Contest. But FYI, on Monday, if Hudson's out, I'd be looking at the... Broncos. Yeah, and Oakland absolutely decimated with their O-line, and that that was the problem against the Bengals. Yeah, it's funny, though, that, that um, again, I'm not great with names, Ozmelli, it looks like, he actually practiced, he's back, but he only has a 52. So it's like when you're at a 52 in pro football focus, it's pretty much your replacement's just as good. And playing with a toe injury on top of but it. But some of it's going to be cohesion and all, you know, being cohesive. Listen, guys, this was fun. We are six minutes away from national radio. And oh, by the way, on Saturday, you're going to see our picks. Every one of them. His Twitter handle is at RJ in Vegas. Let's take this mofo home.